Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Common sense. It's not so common anymore. That's why we need Scott Inez more than ever. It's time for Inez Says. I welcome you to the Inez Says Podcast right here in the WDBO app. You can find it in the app, WDBO.com. You can also find it on Spotify. Appreciate you being here today. You can also discover me on the radio in Orlando on WDBO 107.3 FM and AM 580 every weekday with Orlando's news at noon starting at 12 noon. Check it out. Out. All right, so as we continue to digest, what else is in this $1.9 trillion COVID rescue bill other than those $1,400 checks most of us will be getting? Let's also be aware that there is an elections reform bill out there being considered in Congress. It has already passed the House, and this is a bill that would, in essence, nationalize elections. It would allow people to vote with sworn affidavits instead of IDs. It would create a national automatic voter registration system. And again, it's been passed by the House, and now it's been taken up by the Senate. Christian Adams is the president and general counsel of the Public Interest Legal Foundation. He's also the author of the New York Times bestseller, Injustice, Exposing the Racial Agenda of the Obama Justice Department. And Christian Adams joins me now. Christian, as we all know, the devil is always in the details. I'm looking at this $1.9 trillion bill. That is certainly so in this bill. And in terms of a bill that really not a lot of people are talking about right now, a bill that has been passed by the House, we're talking about sweeping election reform here. New voter ID laws in this bill, the prohibitions on cleaning voting rolls, the requirements to accept late mail-in ballots. What are your thoughts about the details going on with this, uh, this new sweeping elections bill? Well, don't forget, it passed the House, and what they're trying to do is have a federal takeover of all election laws, all decisions will be made in Washington, D.C. about how to run the elections. If you thought there were problems in 2020, this federal bill would nationalize those problems. It would make it a mandate to have things like vote by mail. You can't clean up the voter rolls. You have to accept mail ballots for 10 days after the election, on and on and on. 700 pages of federal mandates about how we run elections. Uh, Again, I I read the column that you recently wrote, and you say this new law nullifies the constitutional bargain of 1787 that made the U.S. possible. You go on to say that the supporters of H.R. 1 are the new secessionists, uh, the ones who aim to undo the foundations of this union. How so, Christian? Well, don't forget, there wouldn't be a United States if it weren't for the very simple principle that states run their own elections, that they set the rules themselves, that it's not uh, a national central authority dictating to the states. We wouldn't have a country. And now people in power in Washington don't like that arrangement. They don't like the Constitution. 
And what they're doing is nullifying it. And we've we've been through this disaster as a country before when certain people wanted to nullify the bargain. They wanted to nullify the parts of the Constitution that say states get to run their own elections. That's a dangerous thing. Let's talk about that presidential election of 2020. An awful lot of folks out there believe that at the very least, Christian, at the very least, the voting processes were tainted in certain places, i.e. Michigan and Pennsylvania and possibly Georgia, possibly Wisconsin. To get those processes changed, or at least to clean it up, one would have to address it locally in those states. From what you're saying, is there going to be like a voting czar, if you will? Like, who's going to be in charge of the election systems, and how partisan is it going to be? Well, look, I can answer that with two words. Eric Holder. Eric Holder was the voting czar, if you will, for a long time under the Voting Rights Act until the Supreme Court declared it unconstitutional. And when I was at the Justice Department, we used to decide who the translator was. For example, in like Seminole County or Orange County, we would decide literally who was the Spanish language translator. Uh, We would decide that and look at resumes in Washington, D.C. So we've lived this nightmare before uh, with the attorney general being the voting czar, and it's not something we want to have. You know, the founders believed that power should be kept close to the people, right? So states were given the power to run their own elections, I guess, for a reason. And that is that no central authority can interfere uh, and impose their ideas, bad ideas on the states. How constitutional is this? Well, that's a more complicated question, because if you're talking about uh, presidential elections, it's very clear that the state legislatures have authority to set the rules if you're talking about state elections, it's very clear that state legislatures have the authority to set the rules. What's tricky is Congress, because there's something in the Constitution called the Elections Clause that says the states can set the rules, but then it goes on to say, quote, but at any time Congress, unquote, may set the time, place, manner of elections. So it's sort of like it depends on which office you're talking about as to whether or not it's unconstitutional. At least at its basis, it looks like we're taking power from the states here, putting it into the hands of the federal government. I guess the question is, it's all about checks and balances, right? Like, who's going who's gonna to be watching the federal government Nobody. now? Nobody is. That's the problem. It is about checks and balances. That's why the founders divided power, not only between the Judiciary Congress and the president, but also between the federal government and the states. They knew that when you divide power, you have more liberty, you have a better life, you have more freedom. You can do what you want, say what you want, think what you want. But as soon as power starts to concentrate in one place, like Washington, D.C., in the federal government, you begin to lose your rights to think what you want, to worship as you wish, to believe what you want. And that's exactly why the founders divided power. The Democrats in Congress right now are trying to consolidate power over elections, which is the very basis of of developing political structures in every state. I mean, Washington, D.C. bureaucrats or a senator from Hawaii should have absolutely nothing to say about how Orange County elects their school board. That is absolutely outrageous. Christian, why are so many Americans, do you think, in favor of this bill? Well, I think the reason that so many people are in favor of this bill, uh, or at least half of the country maybe, is because half the country is hyper-partisan, that they want their political party to win. And Jim Clyburn, who's the majority whip in the House from South Carolina, he plainly said that H.R. 1 is designed to help Democrats win elections. Now, 
when a Republican said something similar in Pennsylvania regarding Pennsylvania voter ID, he was roundly attacked. Where are the cries for Jim Clyburn to walk that back? Uh, nobody seems to be terribly concerned that this massive rewrite of election law in the country that will shift all this power from wa- to Washington is being framed by Democrats as a way to help Democrats win election. That's just not fair. And with this massive rewrite, where are we going from here in terms of our elections? Like, what are what are presidential elections going to look like in the future in this country? Well, it all depends on what Joe Manchin from West Virginia and the U.S. Senate and Kristen uh, Sinsema from Arizona decide, because it's a 50-50 tie. Uh, will some of these senators block this? That's the big question right now. Will they will they say, look, the federal government shouldn't be taking over elections. West Virginia should run their own elections. Arizona should run their own elections, not Washington, D.C. That's what hangs in the balance right now. So the answer to your question, I'll get back to you in a couple of months. Look, we all know what happened on January 6th. There were people involved in the march on the U.S. Capitol. There were also some folks who are concerned about the path this nation is headed down right now. Democrats being led by the radical left right now continue to double down on fundamentally changing our election systems and fundamentally changing our nation, as Chuck Schumer said months ago. I, look, I never thought I would have to wonder this in my lifetime, but I do wonder aloud, where is this grand experiment called the United States headed, Christian? Well, look, the, the founders knew that liberty was precious and precarious. And when you start having people like is happening in the Senate right now, ripping apart the fundamentals, ripping apart the architecture, ripping apart the beams that hold this whole thing up, it becomes very dangerous. And when they try to undo the bargain that led to this country being founded, namely that states get to run their own elections, uh, we need to call them out for it. They're the new secessionists. They're the new nullifiers. They're the ones who would end the arrangement of the United States. And we need to make sure that it's clear that that's who these people are. One more question. You, you talk about the, the the Democrats, the radical left being the new secessionist. Are, are they, you said earlier in the interview, they're, they're trying to consolidate power. Does that make them secessionist, Christian? Well, right, because the, this country has always been an, uh, an agreement between states. It's We're not England. We're not Napoleonic France, where one single authority in the, in the national capital in Paris or London has control over everything. We rejected that model. We oppose that model. We know that that model leads to disasters from time to time on people's lives, that their lives are worse because power is too big. Power is consolidated. So in America, we believe in liberty. These people don't. And that's what the bottom line is. They don't like liberty. They want to change how the system is arranged. Christian, thank you very much. Again, that is Christian Adams. He is the president and general counsel of the Public Interest Legal Foundation. He is also the author of the New York Times bestseller, Injustice, Exposing the Racial Agenda of the Obama Justice Department. That's going to wrap it up for the Inez Says podcast today. Appreciate you being here. You can find me on the air on WDBO in Orlando, WDBO 107.3 FM and AM 580 every single weekday. Orlando's News at Noon at 12 noon every day. I'm Scott Inez. Thanks so much for joining me here on the Inez Says Podcast.